Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode 112. Strap yourself in as we delve. I should have said strap yourself in as we delve into some <laughs> piping hot schplags. My name is John Maloney, as you some of you know, and I'm here as always with my wonderful friend and pod pilot, Alexander Holland. I just want to say thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us on this week's episode. And that's that's what I that's what I always say in conversations when it goes quiet. I always say, "And what are you going to say?" Yeah, and I like your prompt, which we've mentioned a couple of times on the show. If you could say one thing, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> just the, the 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 choice is so it's the most overwhelming amount of like you you talk you talk about being being kind of the the anxiety that's caused by the modern life where you have too yeah. much too much choice when it comes to supermarket items dating mm, mm. Ho- holidays yeah, so I just love that. Just There's nothing any, more, more terrifying than the ultimate selection. <laughs> the green field. <laughs> yeah, it's a conversational prompt which does nothing but emphasize the <laughs> absence of a conversational topic, really. Out of all the propositions in the universe, what's your chosen one right now? And you go, uh, um, um, Of all fuck. the infinite possibilities of what you could say, which one mm. do you pick? Go. What's the correct one for this very moment? Proceed. <laughs> uh, we were going to chat, John, a little bit about yeah, conversation true. this episode. We have been talking a little bit about conversations on recent yeah. episodes and in our personal interactions. And you've been, if I may disclose this, yeah, you've been doing a little bit of date and round, which always brings to the fore the kind of do's and don'ts of conversational prompts or like things that you might ask somebody to get a good conversation going, things that you might accidentally say to get a good conversation to go wrong, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've been date- dating around a little bit and I've also got my kind of dating radar up, which just kind of means that you you sort of, you just walk through the world a little bit more thinking, I'm mm. trying to I'm trying to meet people and I'm just trying to meet people generally as well not just in a romantic sense but in the last right since the start of the year i've joined a running club and i've also joined running clubs uh for single runs in both istanbul and mm. london which are really good opportunities mm-hmm. to meet people so meeting people yeah, cool. and making a connection and and mm. creating a creating a conversation that's at least pleasant for the other person to be in. They want to be in that conversation. Yeah. So I like to try and think, I take it upon myself, John, uh, yeah. to be the person that says, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead this interaction. I want this person to come away from chatting to me better yep. than when I was stood in the corner staring at him for half an hour. <laughs> I, I want him to feel like all of that creepy staring came to a nice conclusion in the end. Do you have any that? Well, let me. I'll, I'll say the first one first. Yeah, and then and then maybe I'll ask because I'm sure we'll probably share a couple of these because these these are kind of basic. But yeah, I'll sh- I've got a, I've written down a few things that I 
Have you got anything there that's not one of the... Because I've got a couple of obvious ones to start with. Have you got one that's maybe less obvious that I wouldn't have thought of? What do you... This this isn't so much a... These aren't so much rules for conversation because I don't... don't, Let's not call uh, them rules either. Let's call them fun... Fun uh, tips. Fun tips. Fun tips that... Fun tips that if you get wrong, Al's going to be really annoyed at you. Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't got any fun tips. I've just got things that I that I um, think could be good to say when you're meeting a new friend or when you're meeting it, perhaps if you're on a date. Um, but I did kind of get distracted at a certain point when I was writing them and just thought about things that would be fun to say in a slightly self-sabotaging way. Um, so like one here I've got is just, are you nervous? I like that as a date question. Um, just say, you look nervous. Are that's, you nervous? That's so good for so many reasons, John. I mean, first yeah. of all, first of all, it's a closed-ended question. So it only, <laughs> so it only can elicit a one-word response, typically. Uh, yeah. And that, and that response will be an, an angered no. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love the inverse. I love that you've mm. come up with the inverse of conversational tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have I got? I've tried. And there's a mix of that kind of shit on here. Um, one of them I borrowed from the thirty-six questions that that there was a famous psychological study that devised questions that are meant to create intimacy. And one of them, which I thought was quite good was what's something you've dreamt of doing for a long time and why haven't you done it? That's an interesting little conversational starter. Oh, one, that's, that's, that's also kind of quite, it's quite challenging, I guess. Yeah. It's like kinda, a little bit, it's like, a little bit, uh, provocative. Why, why are you a weak failure? That's <clears throat> yeah, why I interpret why that. Just, why haven't you written a book yet? You yeah. keep telling everyone you want to, and you're 40. Um, <laughs> um, another one, I quite like asking people about like factoids and throwing them around because I do love a good factoid. So sometimes I'll just say, have you got any good factoids or do you want to hear this factoid? And then that will lead to a conversation. Like, for example, you might say uh, that the mantis shrimp can see more colors than we can. <laughs> Things like that. I love that. Would you, yeah. If you said that to me at a barbecue, I'd be like, this is my guy for sure. Yeah, this is my guy. I had used to have something about, I used to have a shrimp fact on my Tinder bio because I just wanted people to know that was what they were going to get from me was just just weird facts. But particularly um, if you were just, just shrimp facts, you just think... Yeah, true. No, nothing says somebody's a little bit on the spectrum if they just pick <laughs> one particular lane. In John's mm. case, shrimp. Shrimp. And then you want to come back to my house? I've got to feed the shrimp. If I was to say, to, if I was to say, <laughs> if I was to say to you, John, what's the most famous mention of shrimp in film? What would you say? Mm, good question. Uh, my my mind immediately goes to. Dumb and Dumber, where he says, "Throw another shrimp on the." Oh, barbie. that's good. I didn't. I, I I hadn't thought of that one. That's that is an excellent one. I was thinking of Bubba Gump's shrimp from Forrest course, Gump, yeah. which actually spawned a real restaurant. That's right. It? It's, still, a, it's still around. I, I believe in London. It's a chain, and I think there's one in mm-hmm. London. You can go to Bubba Bubba Gump Shrimp. Hmm. Crazy. 
Life imitating art. This is this is be the kind of conversation I'd love to have on a date. Um, another one I've got. Who would you pick to be on your 1993 NBA All Star team? That's um, wait. Have you what, did you write that? That's excellent. I, I did write that down. <laughs> I mean, if that if uh, if I was single and a girl was able to answer that, I probably would. Make but a, then, but then you'd have to say you can't, and you can't pick Michael Jordan. That's can't how, pick Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that, and, and then then it becomes a really interesting question. Mm, yeah, people say, you know, Dikembe Mutombo or yeah, or Charles Hakeem Barkley, Olajuwon. Shaquille O'Neal, Patrick Ewing, yeah, Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler. Detlef Schrempf, and you could you could uh, you you get to know a lot about a person if they were a sh- mm. absolute Schrempf head. Yeah, exactly. That's They're probably a white you... supremacist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just pick. I'll just pick the one I've... European white player, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who's obviously not the best at anything. <laughs> um, but uh, but I just I don't know something about him. I just like him. Um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned there. I hadn't even thought of this t- this conversational tip, but you mentioned it there with the. With the "Are you nervous?" which mm. is which is just a really good conversational tip. It's open ended questions, questions mm. that don't require a yes or a no answer. The difference mm-hmm. between "Did you have a good day?" Yeah, and "What was your day like?" What was your day? What was your day like? Is okay, but people could then say "Good." Mm. So I like to throw in a "Tell me something about your day mm-hmm. that you." enjoyed Mm, that's a nice one deep i call that a deeply (laughs) open question what was the worst part of your day yeah that's (laughs) i love i love that you'll just kind of like you'll be so close to getting these tips right john but you'll just fuck it up (laughs) right at the end like i'll tell you i say you know john it's usually quite good to ask open-ended questions you'll be like yeah was what's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you yeah how did it make you feel if you could just put yourself back there for a moment. <laughs> Describe the sensation. Um, just that, my, at my favorite my- date spot, trying to get somebody to <laughs> stop having a panic attack. <laughs> uh I mean, my favorite one, which I've, I've mentioned this one to you before, and I definitely do ask this if I'm, if I'm in a little bit of a rut, but for years and years, I've just thought, look, let's just, that's best we can try not to ask this when you first meet somebody. And it's yeah. just not asking somebody what they do. It's yeah, just a yeah. small thing that yeah. I think is a good little challenge because it's a, it's a crutch. Yeah. It tends, it tends not to lead anywhere particularly interesting. I think people think no. that it will. But yeah. Often, I mean, in the, in, in, I've rarely been employed in, in any field that I've really thought is going to lead to a person getting to know me personally mm. much yeah. better. Sure. And I've got loads of, and I've got loads of friends who, in fact, I would say the vast, this is funny actually, I would say the vast majority of my friends. Yeah really have to be pressed to talk about their work mm. at all. Because like, they have that probably have the 
the kinds of jobs that are just jobs for them rather than like things they're excited about necessarily. Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, I guess so. I think, I think they all more or less enjoy their jobs and they're mm-hmm. quite satisfied with them. Mm. But yeah, just for whatever reason, as I'm saying this to you now, I'm just thinking I don't have a ton of conversations with people mm. about like deep, deep work. Yeah, chat. true. I mean, I think even if somebody, I, I guess I'm in two minds about it because I think, okay, at one level, it's what you've spent it's what a lot of people spend more time than anything else doing. Uh, and in some cases they've got interesting stories about how they got into something or what they, what it says about their values or whatever. But I kind of think that it's just a very, for me, it's more about not going down a very traditional conversational kind of guard railed trajectory and just going, let's just see if we can keep things afloat talking about ourselves in a way that doesn't sort of dip into these tropes, you know, and eventually you might find that information out through a, you know, through an indirect route anyway. But, you know, rather than just going, how was your day? What do you do? You know, like you just, just try to like be in the moment with somebody a bit more. That's my, that's always my preference. And unless I'm, unless I'm just in a fucking, social situation under duress that I need to get through, then I'll be like, yeah, I'll just go with what do you do? Cause it'll just <laughs> eat up a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's that like? Yeah. Sorry. I got to go to the toilet for 20 minutes now. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> the other one, there's basically two, there's basically two questions that I really try hard not to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, I just think if you, for me personally, I just feel like if I don't allow myself to ask these two questions, mm. then it kind of forces me to use other mm. other questions or statements mm-hmm. that tend to just lead to a bit of a deeper connection. The other one is, what have you been up to? Mm. Yeah, that's not a great. How one, does that make you? How does that make you feel if we meet at a like? Let's say we meet at a barbecue, and I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. And I mean, what would you say to this right now if I said, what have you been up to? to? Oh, John, haven't seen you for a while. What have you been up to? Yeah, I see what you mean. It's not a, I mean, it's, there's times when you might want to ask it because it's been years since you've seen someone or something and you're kind of saying, give me the top shelf summary of your, what's happened since we've last seen each other. Or you might say, you know, what did you do on the weekend to a colleague or something like this? But it's kind of a, I see it as buck shifting because you're like basically saying, I can't really think of anything particularly novel to get into right now. So I'm just going to give you a bit of a task, which is to try and look at your life and pick something that is inoffensive, but not incredibly boring to tell me about recent events. And then people will say, I've been at work. I went and saw my grandmother on the weekend. Uh, I'm painting a, a fence and you go, great, cool. I need to go to the bathroom for 20 minutes again. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that your conversational tip at the end of this is just guys, if you suck, just go to the bathroom for <laughs> 20 minutes. No one's got their fucking stopwatch on. You can stay in there for a bit too long. It's fine. No, but, but you're right. It is. It, this is the thing. I think it is buck shifting. And the reason, I mean, these have all come from, my own experience of like, I don't like being asked that question because yeah. like, like generally, I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm fine if you ask me that because I have been asked it a bunch of times and I understand 
Okay, yeah. fine. I actually won't. Typically what happens is if somebody asks me what I've been up to, yeah. I will literally tell them what I've done that day. And I'm not mm. doing it in a way that is meant to be like nasty or be like, oh, you you shouldn't have asked me that question because it's kind of a boring question. But typically what ha- what will happen is that if somebody says, what have you been up to? Yeah. I'll just tell them the most, I'll just tell them literally what I've done that day. And there will be yeah. something in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then kind of like I'll kind of include maybe the most interesting thing that happened to me. Yeah. Uh, so like let's 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 try it now. You asked me what I mean. We're recording this in the morning, so uh, yeah, I don't have a huge amount that I've been up okay, to today. Let's say it was last week for yesterday. Let's let's say I asked you last night. What have you been up to? Oh well, this morning. I went on a run with my running group because I've joined a running group since the start of the year and it's been Mm -hmm. really fun because not only do I wake up nice and early on a Sunday morning and I'm out in the weather, but I'm meeting new people every single week Mm. and one of the people that I met actually, yes, uh, on my running group, she has been already employed in a career that I'm interested in transitioning into. So yesterday... I said to her, "Hey, can I buy you a sandwich?" And mm. we, and then I just want to pick your brain for mm. an for a thirty minutes about how I can get into this industry. And we had an amazing chat. Now, and then I would say, "What kind of sandwich was it?" <laughs> So, Al, a few weeks ago on the podcast, perhaps a little bit longer, loyal listeners will remember that you were giving another fun tip uh, mm-hmm. to to anyone who cared to improve their lives, and that was, please stop taking pictures of the moon <laughs> with, your with, with your mobile phone, because uh, <laughs> that it doesn't generally work, and you get a little piss week um, spotlight in the middle of a large dark space and it just looks extremely unremarkable and yeah it's all it's just a little globular point of light that has no purpose and then just sits in your fucking uh sits in your photos until you come across it again and delete it Mm. but so i've been trying to stick to that uh, and every night i i have to remind myself if the moon's (laughs) out that it's just not going to be what it what it looks like in person so this story uh, came across my desk, courtesy of our producer, Colin, which interested me, which was the Samsung fake moon photo controversy. And mm. uh, people might, some people might have heard a little bit about this, but essentially uh, there was a controversy caused by the accusation that the Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra was, um, and I think, I think, Similar accusations had been made about its predecessors, uh, other S 
S something ultras and um, maybe other devices as well. The, the suggestion was made that when people were taking photos of the moon with the Galaxy phone, that the phone was doing something with AI that was basically giving them an image of the moon, which was very high definition and very attractive and not necessarily linked to the image that was actually in front of them. Like maybe there was some kind of overlay going on where the, the makers where, where galaxy was, uh, sorry, Samsung was superimposing, uh, images, images of the moon other than uh, what they're actually looking at. And then not, making that clear and there was a kind of um uh there is a kind of detail enhancement option that you can turn off and on on the phone but it sort of comes as a built-in setting that like a default setting that most people just use and probably don't know about mm. and then samsung responded and i i should uh should give a shout out to wired who uh, wrote a really interesting article about this whole saga but basically samsung responded and said look um, when you take a photo of the moon, the, there is an AI, uh, technology that steps in, which is a scene optimization function that basically recognizes that you're trying to take a photo of the moon and it takes multiple shots of the moon for a kind of multi-frame composition. And then it enhances the details of those, uh, of those images to improve quality and color and so on. And it said, and they said it does not apply any image overlaying to the photo and that you could de deactivate this, this function if you wanted to. But I mean, that in itself is kind of, you know, so what, okay, you might be trying to take a photo of the moon and Samsung is like prettying it up in a way that maybe is not clear to you. But the fact that it was, the fact that it caused such consternation and became this kind of saga in the tech world, I think hints at the fact that it has a wider significance, which I guess is about, the uneasiness that some people have that their interactions with the world through their technology are being um, unknowingly or unknown to them are being curated or augmented in ways that they don't, they're not on board with and they don't really understand. Mm. And, and, you know, and there's this kind of gray area where we're getting to the point where, yes, you can say, you can release a statement and say, we didn't, we didn't use image overlays, but yeah. also like that's not necessarily, that's kind of a bit lawyerish because it's like, it's, we it's, used... that sounds like a, a very PR re exactly. response. Yeah. And, and you know, the, I mean, the, the AI is essentially doing something where it's, it, it knows very well what the surface of the moon looks like, which by the way is because we're locked in a particular uh, orbit with the moon. I'm putting that very loosely, but Essentially, you can only ever see the same uh, side of the moon facing Earth. So, pretty mm. easy for a pretty easy for a piece of technology to just know everything about that and plug in the gaps if you give it a blurry, shitty image of the moon. But then you think, like, well, what else is going on? Is the when I take a photo of my own face, does it kind of go? Well, I mean, obviously it does. You know, a lot of lot of, lot of modern phones will go. Okay, well, you're obviously taking a photo of your face, so I'm gonna make some improvements to that to make sure that the face is the uh, focus of this particular image. Maybe I'll, yeah. you know, maybe I'll put less emphasis on some of the background details. Maybe I'll even add a little bit of um, augmentation so that your skin looks a bit more even toned or the shape mm. of your face is like 
1% more attractive. And then you look at that and go, geez, that's a really good photo. So I'm going to share it with everyone I know because uh, it looks suspiciously good compared to the image of my face that I saw in the mirror a few moments ago. <laughs> and um, and uh, I don't know, then you get to this, you know, it's like, I mean, one of the things that sort of bugs me about the internet generally is this whole sort of Google bubble idea that, you know, you're getting, you think you're just searching for information and getting it, but there's a whole lot of hidden processing that's going on that determines what you see. And now that's affecting not just information, but, uh, but visual information, I guess, you know, it's kind of like, it's un it's unsettling and you think, well, where does this, where's this going? You know. It definitely, they all know uh, full well if they're taking a photograph of a face, actually listen to a podcast. Ever since I bought my Google Pixel 6a, mm-hmm. I've been listening to the Google, there's like a Google podcast and they right. this guy talks to various developers at Google and he speaks a lot to the various teams that work on the Pixel phones and they were talking yeah, okay. to, the cam- to the camera guy, the 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 um the product manager of the camera app in the Google Pixel. And he was he was saying explicitly that every single photo that you take, it mm. not it is trying to work out if there's a face in the photograph mm. and then making decisions based on that. The one he was referring to is there's like Google did this thing where they they were saying that um that photography has traditionally not represented people with darker skin tones mm-hmm. well. They have a name for this. I forget what it was. Right. Basically, the, the Google Pixel camera will look at what's in the frame. You take the photo. It recognizes if there's a face. And yep. I think it kind of tries to work out if the person might be of African heritage. And then it tries to make sure that hmm. their skin tone is basically not too dark this is the kind of yeah, okay, this is the problem right. that they're trying to solve for they were saying huh. that that the cameras don't represent dark-skinned people as well mm. so basically the camera was looking at a face going is this a person with yeah. african skin tone uh, yeah. let's make sure that it's bright enough that their details are represented so yeah okay. definitely wow. so that's another example of it where it definitely is looking and making yeah it's making a subjective deci- it's making quite a subjective decision about yeah exactly yeah what it's seeing it made me a bit nostalgic for the old days of grainy shitty camera phone images because at least you were getting uh uh some sort of you know digitization but not a lot of technological overlay on top of that i mean no that, it maybe- would it wouldn't really look at the the pre the early versions of a phone camera would not analyze the contents of the mm. picture mm. and then make decisions based on that. Whereas we're very much now in the era, as you say, where it goes: Is this a face? Is this a tree? Is this yeah. the moon? And yeah. what can what can we do to present what we've decided yep. is going to be the best result? What is going to make this person want to buy the next version exactly. of our phone? Because exactly, of course, you hear people say things like, "Oh my god." The photographs from your phone are amazing. I'm going to buy the same phone. If you Mm. feel like the photographs that you're taking of yourself and your friends Mm. are giving you a certain emotional reaction, which is very positive. That's right. Yeah. Recommend it to other people. You might be interested to know as well that 
the Google Pixel has been using the exact same. I mean, up until I think last year, they mm-hmm. were putting the exact same physical hardware camera, which they call the sensor. The exact same sensor was in the phone for I think I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say four years. Hmm. So the actual tech, the actual hardware, mm. never changed, mm. but. The pictures kept, and I'm doing air quotes, improving yeah. because they're so clever with the software that they were yeah. able to use the exact same hardware for years. This mm. this old ass camera sensor, mm. they just kept putting in the phones, mm. but they just kept getting better at telling the software what to see yeah. through that what, lens. What to, what to improve on or get yeah. rid of or whatever. And you were telling me that... There's some suggestion that maybe TikTok is doing this thing where when you put a video on TikTok, it's making you sl- like slightly imperceptibly more attractive or something. Yeah, I've, I'm not. Sh- yeah, there was some rumor that TikTok was was improving people's faces by like a few, mm. maybe making people like two percent more beautiful. That was kind of indistinguishable when mm. you look at it. But there are a few people who are trying to compare. TikTok videos to other videos and seeing if there were yeah, very slight right. adjustments. Hmm. I mean, yeah, we haven't talked about bold glamour either. Have you used, are you familiar with bold glamour? No, what's bold glamour? Bold glamour is the TikTok filter that was absolutely blowing up the internet a couple of months ago because it's uh, it seemed to be this kind of leap forward in uh, overlay filters, beautifying right. filters where... Yeah where it was using some kind of new technology. We're, we're familiar with the kind of overlay when you go, oh, I want to make it look like I have a ton of makeup on, and then it kind of yep. looks a bit clownish and silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, un, and unreal. Yeah. This bold glamour filter on TikTok uh, was doing something that was kind of indistinguishably realistic. Wow. Far out. It's all making me feel a bit sort of uncanny valley sick, you know? So, put it in the bin. Just put it. Put the phone in the bin. <laughs> crush it with your heel. I mean, more and more of our lives is experienced via these things, and we don't even know what they're doing to just juice our little brains, give us happy yeah. feelings. I just think, put me in the fucking matrix already. <laughs> just, <laughs> just upload me. Right, <laughs> stick a USB in me. I'm done. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.